Hey, welcome into the latest edition of Chalk Talk from the Denver Pioneers as the summer continues rolling along here on campus at DU. My name is Tyler Mon, thrilled to be joined for the first time as head coach of Denver men's lacrosse by Matt Brown, who joins us uh, from the swanky new office. He's the William G. Tierney head men's lacrosse coach nowadays, uh, something that we've been waiting to talk about for a long time. It's kind of weird for me to think this is our first interview in this context because we're such you know old longtime uh, interview professionals together but now I get to greet you as a head coach what's going on man it's good to see you Moner great to see you buddy uh, excited to spend some time with you hopefully you've had a, a good summer so far you know it's nice to finally be back in the office had a had a busy summer with uh, the world championships and being on on the road uh, recruiting but uh, we're starting to get everything lined up to, to welcome the guys back this September. Well, this is such a, an exciting time of year, and it's also kind of the calm before the storm uh, for you guys as a staff. Um, you've made staff additions. You've gotten uh, a lot of word on players who are going to be back uh, for 2024. But before we get to all of that, I just want to ask what the last few months have been like for you. You've been waiting around for a little while since we knew that Coach T was was formally uh, retiring, and then since we knew that you had formally been named the next head coach, and now it's your ship to steer. Uh, what's it been like getting adjusted to this role now as being the head man of this program? Yeah, it's 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 been great, you know, and 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 luck, luckily for me, you know, Coach T is just down the road, and uh, you know, we still talk every single day, so it's it's great having him as 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 support, but. Uh, you know, the biggest thing has just been kind of turning the chapter and, and not forgetting about last year, but moving on from last year and learning from last year and being motivated for this upcoming fall and this group that we have coming back. We've got a phenomenal group and um, we've hit the road, you know, running, you know, really uh, from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, we've been kind of all over the country, kind of finding those future piles. Um, as you mentioned, we've we made some additions to our staff, which is been really exciting. Um, David Metzbauer is going to be joining us here starting August 1st and making the move out to the to the Mile High City. And uh, I know he's really excited about that. So we're just kind of getting everything, you know, all situated for for welcoming these freshmen back on, on Labor Day. Let's talk about uh, that addition to your staff. There was uh, the conversation, you know, knowing that you were going to be moving into a, a head coaching role. Well, who's going to fill that offensive coordinator spot uh, and names get thrown out there. And then you get to bring in a guy who's coached for 37 years, won four, won seven NCAA championships, uh, has combined for over 400 wins in his career uh, as a coach at various stops. I mean, talk about pulling off a coup. This is as big of a splash coaching hire uh, for your coordinator as you could have hoped for. What was the process of getting him here? David Mesbauer, obviously longtime uh, friend of yours, friend of Coach T's, his daughter, Jordan, uh, formerly a member of the staff at DU. She's moved on. She's the director of lacrosse operations uh, at Towson now. But this is such a cool family addition, it feels like. Somebody who's so familiar with what you want to do to build this program and who brings all the experience in the world now to join your staff. Yeah, honestly, um, I think we, we got lucky. You know, we we got lucky with this one. And timing is 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 everything. You know, um, you know, obviously, you know, John Gallant's going to be back. You know, as our defensive coordinator and coming into his sixth year with the with the Pioneers, and he just did a fantastic job with our defense. You know, last year, so we're 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 stable there. You know, we feel like we've kind of solidified ourselves at the defensive end. Um, and excited to see what John can continue to do with that group kind of moving forward. And then, you know, I started this whole 
offensive coordinator, assistant coach position search before David Metzbauer was even available. And so we kind of started through that whole process. Uh, we had a ton of interest. You know, there was, you know, close to 50 applicants that uh, that, that put their name in, in, in the hat. You know, I went through the process of interviewing a whole bunch of different people um, from all different types of backgrounds. I was really excited to learn about who was out there. I was excited to see, um, you know, some of the differences. And uh, and then all of a sudden, Metsy becomes available. And so that kind of that kind of threw the whole search uh, on, on a bit of a twist. And, um, you know, how how can you not uh, reach out to a seven time national champion? You know, and, you know, without question, the greatest assistant coach that that our sport has really ever seen. And so, you know, here I am as a first time head coach and I get to add the greatest assistant coach that our sports ever seen to our staff. It's kind of, kind of a no brainer. Um, and then from my own personal standpoint, you know, being an offensive guy and um, Metsy and I have known each other for a long, long time, obviously with the connection with Coach T. And you mentioned Jordan being our, our student manager for four years here when she was doing her undergrad as a Pio. Um, you know, we, we talked, we've talked a lot in the past about offense and about lacrosse in general. We're different, you know, we're different. And, and that's, that's what I'm excited about. You know, Metsy has this long history of, you know, hammering home, you know, foundation, right. And, and fundamentals. Um, and, you know, I've, I've kind of helped bring some of more of the, the gray into the game with a more of a box background and coach T kind of loosening the reins and give me the reins, you know, when we first got together. And so um, us coming together, I'm really excited. I'm excited to, to, to be able to get into the office and jump on the whiteboard and dive into some film with him. And I know uh, he's, he's got a ton of fire as well. So uh, he gets out here the second week of August and uh, um, you know, looking forward to kind of finally, you know, our staff's all over the place throughout the course of the summer. But, you know, the second week of August, we'll all be under one roof back in the Ritchie Center and, and we'll have some great meetings. Well, this summer, uh, as you noted a little while ago, it's been jam packed for you. And I want to talk about recruiting and all that kind of stuff. But I also want to talk about the the world championships, which you had in San Diego. Um, and to be on the side of a team uh, where you've got a lot of guys, you know, from your time here in Denver and be playing against another team where, you know, maybe even more guys from your time in Denver uh, as the the head coach of the, the Canada national squad against the U.S. with a gold medal on the line. What was that? It's not an entirely foreign experience to you being in those moments, but I would imagine there's something special about it every time when you're playing with a world championship on the line and you've got guys that you know and love on both sides. Uh, the U.S. wins that championship and, uh, you know, it's a crown for Trevor Baptiste and Danny Logan and T.D. Erlin. Your guys get silver, so there's some bittersweetness there. What are the emotions like for you in, in those situations? it's an it's an interesting experience actually really unique and uh it's it's a it's a it's an amazing cool experience um you know it's it's something that um you know i'm so thankful that i've been but blessed that i've been able to have the opportunity to do it uh you know a number of times um but being with that type of talent and those types of players and having two on the U.S. team, two piles on the U.S. team, two piles on the Canada team, um, and and kind of competing. You know, you for those two hours, you you take your you take your pile hat off and you battle it out, and 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 they do the same, and that's the way it should be. Um, 
Um, but then afterwards, and, and even, you know, it's tough as much as tough as it is losing, you know, no one, no one likes to lose and uh, especially me. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're upset and bummed with the whole situation. And I didn't feel we played our best game, you know, um, in, in the championship game. I, I felt honestly, I felt really good going into it after playing the Haunashoni in the semifinals. Uh, but then you take a couple seconds back and you step back away from it all and, um, as, as, as a pile, you're, you're proud of, of Trevor and Danny. And, and those two guys were just, they were fantastic throughout the course of the whole tournament. You know, my opinion, you know, uh, two of the top three players that they had on their roster, you know, and, and Trevor was a bear as he always is, uh, at, at the X, um, you know, establishing the possession game and, and Danny is without question, the, the, the best, you know, short stick team midi there is in, in our game right now. So couldn't be more proud of, uh, of those guys. And, and then TD, you know, a pile as well, who we had for, for, for one year. Um, but the two headed monster at, at the faceoff X uh, got the best of us. Um, Westberg, you know, kind of, you know, it seems like, you know, forever ago, but for me, not that long ago when, when West was in 2014 as a, as still a college player playing in his first world championship and winning the gold medal here, here in Denver, and then hoisting the national championship for us here you know, with the Pios um, in 2015 um, and for him to be on that roster for, for one more go um, I thought was, was a special moment. And then Casey Wilson kind of cutting his teeth and um, this will be the first of, of many for him as he progresses throughout the course of his career. So the world championships is a special thing and um, just lucky to be a part of it. Outside of that um, you are simultaneously trying to continue building on the foundation that you were able to build under coach T over the last decade plus, and now get things ready uh, for the first season under your head coaching tenure. What is the recruiting process? Like, what is this time of year? Like for you, where you're sort of out of the, the summer doldrums, you're not yet into getting everybody back on campus. Um, but I would imagine still a very busy time of year. What, what is this late July, early August stretch like for you? Well, from a recruiting standpoint, you're really identifying and kind of cleaning up your list and your boards for the, the rising junior class. So that would be the 2025 class right now. And, uh, you know, John has been on the road you know, all summer long, and I was able to join him here through the course of the last three weeks. And, uh, you know, the, the, the landscape of our sport right now when it comes to summer recruiting is, is kind of crazy. Uh, you, can, you can go to an event pretty much every single day through uh, the summer months of, of June and July, and you can watch kids kids play. Um, so we've, we've been able to get our eyes on, on a lot of top talent. So we're getting ready for September 1st. September 1st will be the first time we can have initial contact with those rising juniors. And so for us right now, it's just identifying talent, evaluating them, doing some research behind the scenes, talking to high school coaches, talking to club coaches, and, you know, kind of getting our group together that that we want to target come come September 1st. And then, you know, all, all while doing from that recruiting side is um, getting our team ready, you know, getting our our freshmen move in on September 5th. Um, you know, that we'll have a we'll have a freshman picnic. Coach T always coach T and Helen always did a freshman picnic. You know, a lot of people have asked me what's going to change and what's going to stay the same. We're going to continue to do a freshman picnic. So Jewel and I are going to host. Um, you know, our newcomers and their families over at our house on the first day, and then they have orientation week for the rest of the week. And then, then we'll slowly start to dive into fall ball and uh, just excited to get this group excited for the incoming class. 
excited for the returners, excited for the super seniors, those fifth year guys um, that are that are coming back for for one one last year. Um, we've got great leadership in, in our locker room, and I know everybody's kind of eager, you know, ready to get back to work. You do have a lot of guys who are going to be back, like you said, those super seniors. And the the COVID extra year of eligibility, uh, that turn is now coming to an end uh, for college athletes. But you get so much experience back. And I know just on the list of guys who are returning next year, you've got Jake Ettinger and J.J. Silstrop, A.J. Mercurio, uh, Richie Connell, Jack DiBenedetto, Alex Davigas. That is a very jam-packed, talented group. And not only that, but it feels like the type of group that can help um, establish the identity that you guys have already built through a coaching change. There is so much continuity, but you still need to hold on to those pillars. What does it mean for you as a head coach, a first-year head coach, to have a core group that you can lean on, guys who have been there, who can help you in that transition of communicating to the young guys, hey, this is how it's been done here, and this is how it's going to continue to be done here? Yeah, again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm really fortunate, you know, and, and, and lucky to have this group. We talked about it last year. That group of guys, you know, really solidified our our culture and, and got us kind of, I wouldn't say, we weren't, we weren't completely off track, but, you know, back on the, the track that we were on previously, you know. And so um, they did a great job of, of managing the team. Um, our leadership council was as strong as it's ever been. And so they have those fifth year guys to come back for this one last year. Our first year is kind of a, a new staff, a you know, a, a new direction, let's say, um, it, we're fortunate to have those guys. And then below them, the, the, the true seniors is a phenomenal group. And we want to make sure that because they don't have that extra COVID year, this is their last year as well. So this is an important year for us, not just on the playing field and the, the success that we're going to have competing, but to, to push the program forward, to make sure that the, the juniors, the sophomores, and the incoming freshmen all kind of know how we go about our business and, and what being a pioneer is, is all about. And so um, very lucky to have those, those super seniors coming back and uh, excited to see this, this group once we get them, get them all back here on campus. What excites you most about fall ball? You get uh, the the workouts, practices. You usually get that one scrimmage in against a, a top flight opponent, whether it's, you know, it's been the Canadian national team in years past. It's been uh, programs and teams that you like to gauge yourselves against uh, in the fall. What for you is most exciting and is most important about this year's fall ball getting set for next season? Uh, every year it's, it's finding out what our identity is for the year. And, and every year, it, it changes. Some years it's it's a subtle change. Other years it's more of a drastic change. And so um, that's what I'm excited most about is getting all the pieces to the puzzle on the table and starting to organize them and then putting them together. Um, you know, fall is a time to really get your hands dirty and dive into the details, right? And instill your foundations of offensive six on six, defensive six on six, riding, clearing, transition, substitution games, um, new rules that come into play. Um, you know, we have some new rules where I know Nico Blankenship is going to be excited about this with video replay. We've got challenges finally in NCAA college. Across. Finally. That's, that's exciting. Honor. That's uh that's CCBLL style, right? So we're, we're, uh, I'm looking forward to that, but you got to figure that out. Just like we, we, we had to figure out the shot clock and it took us some time. I feel like we've, we've learned and, and we're there now. 
Um, but figuring out our identity this fall is what I'm, I'm looking, you know, most forward to. One of the things uh, over the last year that's been so cool for, for me to watch is how excited everybody around the game of lacrosse is for you to get this opportunity. Uh, that's been awesome. And nobody deserves that more than you do. On the flip side of that, now you've got this job, I would imagine that the phone calls and the handshakes and the pats on the back have gone from, yeah, great, congratulations, to now we want to kick your butt. Um, what Being part of the head coaching uh, fraternity now in this sport, how cool has that been to see uh, what it's like from the vantage point of everything through your eyes being the head person of this program when you get to survey the landscape across college lacrosse? Yeah, we, we have uh, we have a great, you know, coaches community, you know, with the the IMLCA, which Coach T is still the president of. And, uh, you know, he's been preaching since, you know, probably since he's gotten into the game, but even more so uh, now in the last five, five or 10 years as kind of competition has ramped up and it's more competitive in recruiting, it's more competitive on the field. He's, he continues to preach the brotherhood of it. And and that is important. You know, some of my best friends are in the industry and you know you get a chance to to see them on the road you can go and grab breakfast or dinner with them in between events um but you're right you know when uh, the summer ends now all of a sudden those texts or phone calls don't come as often or frequently as they were during the summer months so it's it's back to being on the field and competing against each other but that's sports right and that's why we're all in it that's why that's why we're all addicted to it um the competitive piece of it is is so important and uh you know i would i wouldn't have it any other way but uh no we got a great community and uh you know i'm thankful for all the support that that uh we've had but now it's time for the pioneers to go be the pioneers and go do what we're supposed to do all right brownie well uh ordinarily i wrap up these interviews by saying the associate head coach of the denver pioneers but he is the head coach of the denver pioneers for 2024 and beyond matt brown it's so good to see you buddy i love the uh the look of the new office behind you and uh can't wait to to catch up on campus sometime soon thanks for the time thanks buddy appreciate it wrapping up this week's episode of chalk talk we'll talk to you next time for the denver pioneers